Hello and welcome to Well Capitalized. I'm your host, Bobby Kingsbury, Managing Director at MCM Capital Partners. Today we have Mark Manser, Senior Managing Director and Founder of MCM Capital Partners. Thanks for joining us today, Mark. I appreciate it. We've been having conversations with some business owners, uh, with Harry, Senior Operating Partner, and really what we want to discuss today with you fundamentally is what private equity is, kind of demystifying private equity. So for the business owners who are unfamiliar with private equity, can you please provide a rudimentary explanation of uh, private equity and what it is? Private equity generally involves a private fund made up of shareholders that could be institutional shareholders like pension funds, um, university endowments, hospitals, tend to be the bulk of the capital provided to the fund, and it can also include high net worth individuals. Those folks provide capital to the fund, which then in turn looks for opportunities to invest that capital in private enterprises. Generally speaking, they're looking at uh, taking controlling positions. Uh, some, very few, will take a minority position, but most are, are looking to make control investments. And for business owners out there, obviously private equity isn't the only avenue for a potential exit. What are some of the other things that a business owner may consider other than private equity when thinking about exiting their business? Well, I, I, you know, it, it actually can take a myriad of different forms. I guess I would start off by saying, you know, a management buyout is certainly a possibility. Generally, that involves key managers getting bank support to acquire the business from the founder. And generally, the founder at that point in time is going to provide uh, the equity vis-a-vis -vis a seller note that gets paid off over time. That would, might be one option. Uh, another option is an ESOP. So uh, in an ESOP transaction, effectively all the employees uh, purchase the business from the founder using leverage provided by a bank. And again, generally speaking, the, uh, the principal owner is staying in for, in some cases, a majority of the company, and it gets bought down over time. Um, other opportunities for liquidity, you might uh, seek a strategic buyer that is an industry player or in a tangential industry where mm -hmm. they that strategic buyer, be they public or private, uh, buys 100% of the company. So there's, there's a lot of different ways to get liquidity, and they each have their own nuances depending upon what the seller wants to accomplish. So if a business owner decided to go down the private equity route, how do private equity firms generally value mm -hmm. a business? So. I would speak most, most specifically for, for MCM and the way we would approach the transaction, but I think the, the concepts are, are generally common throughout the industry. So most business owners have heard about a multiple of EBITDA as a very common means of valuing their enterprise. Which is a very scary thing sometimes. Right. <laughs> so you know, the, the question is, what's the multiple? Is it five times EBITDA or is it 10 times EBITDA? And it's the the... Uh, some of the other factors that impact where that multiple is likely to fall. And I'll elucidate a few of the things that we look at uh, that, uh, that dictate what we might pay for a business or value a business. So I would start off at a, at a high level and say the overall market in which the company competes. Is it a growing market? Is it a contracting market? Is it a mature market? Mm -hmm. Is it a highly cyclical market? So 
for example, in you know the medical device industry tends to be uh, a, a, a non-cyclical market and therefore might command a higher multiple. And then you start to move to the specifics of the company itself. Where, how is the company positioned within the market in which it competes? What's its defensible IP, if mm -hmm. you will? And it doesn't have to be true IP, but technical know-how, et cetera. How's it positioned? And Buffett's you know, nomenclature, he talks about the moat around the castle. So we start talking about what's the company's moat around its castle and how defensible is it? Mm -hmm. And is it sustainable moving forward? Correct. Uh, you know, I, I guess you know the the, uh, the other things that we look at that are perhaps equally important is the depth and breadth of the management team. If you have a business that, and typically the businesses that we get involved with, the owner is the CEO and has been. He may have been the founder, in fact. Mm -hmm. Uh, so we look to how much managerial talent is there beyond that one individual, and. If that individual is the, you know, the primary customer contact, the primary engineering behind you know, whatever the business is doing, that creates a little bit more risk cent uh, centralized within one individual. So strength and breadth of management team, very important. And then I guess, you know, uh, uh, not I guess, but you know, we also look at certain financial attributes of the business. Mm -hmm. Its cash flow efficiency is important to us. So how quickly does the company turn a sale into a uh, cash? Mm -hmm. And how well does it manage its balance sheet in terms of CapEx requirements? For example, I'll start with that. If you're in a business, you could have two businesses <coughs> that have the exact same EBITDA. One business requires a million dollars a year in CapEx to support its business or operations on a go-forward basis, and the other requires half of that, half a mm -hmm. million dollars. So clearly, the business that requires half as much CapEx is going to be more attractive to the investor community. And all those things you know, interplay, uh, and different firms will value different attributes differently. So if, if I were to push you from your perspective, from MCM's perspective, what would be the one or two things that you would consider holding the most weight? Hmm. That's like asking me to pick between my favorite children. It's <laughs> really hard. Uh, but I guess I would you know, start really with the, uh, the strength of the management team. And uh, if, if I had to pick two things, it would be the strength of the management team and its competitive position in the marketplace. If you could describe, we had talked about other uh, avenues for a potential exit. In what situation would it be best suited for a business owner to generally consider uh, a sale to a private equity firm? I would say, you know, what is quite attractive to a private equity firm is when the business owner wants a continuing role in the organization on a go-forward basis, and the so. Speaking from the business owner's perspective, where the business owner highly values the future uh, potential mm -hmm. of the company and is doing some very prudent financial planning, but wants to ride, you know, the wave on a go-forward basis and is willing to stay in for a meaningful amount of equity. Uh, and generally speaking, you know, I would say that where the business owner wants to re retain an active role mm -hmm. as well. You know, it, you know, contrast it 
with a strategic acquisition, for example, a strategic acquisition of a public company. They really don't want, uh, typically they don't want a, uh, a subsidiary to be anything but a wholly owned subsidiary. And they may have very different perspectives on how to staff the organization. So there tends to be far more turnover in a circumstance like that. So I, I would say where the business owner values, truly values uh, his affiliation mm -hmm. with the business on a go forward basis, the businesses he's convinced or uh, committed to the business's uh, growth opportunities, and he values the culture of the organization and really wants to preserve that. What should a business owner look for? Because there's many private equity firms out there. There's a, there's a ton of, of folks like us. What should a business owner be looking for in a partner? Because oftentimes it's very difficult to decipher but mm -hmm. between firms. Uh, well, I, I would probably start with something <clears throat> soft, and it's very difficult to define and identify, but cultural fit is, is really important. And uh, if, if there's not a cultural fit, there's, there's a significantly increased chance for one party to be dissatisfied with the other party at some point in time post-transaction. So I think that's of a, a, a critical nature. But uh, I, you know, if I was painting with a, bro a broad brush, I would say you know, I would want, if I was a business owner, some value add to be brought to the table beyond you know, the greenbacks, and I'm going to be putting it in an investment account somewhere. And uh, so that can be come in the form of a private equity firm that is experienced in dealing with companies of the seller size. Mm -hmm. uh, it could be coming from the perspective of the, the, the private equity fund having previously invested in the market in which the, the target is participating and therefore as an experienced investor, whether it's aerospace or you know, something of that ilk. So you know, you're really looking for some help uh, in growing your business and, and making the business stronger on a go-forward basis. So if I'm a business owner, I'm looking to sell, I may have a boss or someone to report to, maybe for the first time in my career. And now I no longer have control of what goes on in the business. And for some business owners, that may make me extremely mm -hmm. nervous. Um, so what, what protection does a business owner have, mm -hmm. you know, when selling their business since they no longer have control? Well, I, I, I guess I would, I would start with and, and differentiate between day-to-day -day operating control, particularly mm -hmm. for uh, a business owner that's doing a recapitalization and is going to stay involved as the leader of the business mm -hmm. on a go-forward basis, and then governance-related issues. So these are things that, that would affect the capitalization of the company or um, any major asset purchases or dispositions, those types of things. So I, I would distinguish between those two. Uh, but it's always a transition. Mm -hmm. So a business owner, particularly in the businesses that we get involved with, which you know are smaller, so think, you know, two to eight million of, of EBITDA and maybe less than 30 million, 40 million of revenues. Uh, very often, these businesses have not been used to putting together annual budgets and forecasts and strategic plans. Uh, the business owner, you know, may or may not 
be attentive to putting together monthly financial analysis. Maybe he just uses his bank account as, or the company's bank account as a, as a proxy for how well the company is doing. With a private equity firm involved, it's gonna be run not as rigorous as a public company, but some of those attributes are adopted from public uh, company reporting. So for the first time, the business owner, A, will have uh, a, a board that they're, maybe for the first time, uh, they're accountable to, so, uh, and so large major decisions, like major capex additions, he's gonna go to the board and at least uh, get an annual budget approved, if not you know, individual pieces of equipment. That tends not to be a, uh, the case. Uh, and uh, the monthly reporting is going to be different than perhaps what he was used to before. But it, it's, it's all really, I mean, it's to the benefit of the company because you're, pro you're professionalizing a lot, of, a lot of the different aspects of the company, which perhaps were done on a more ad hoc basis prior. From a business owner who generally, again, hasn't had to report to anyone, mm -hmm. if, if ever, in, in their career, what would be typical from a private equity firm? What would a private equity firm ask? What would the requirements mm -hmm. be for that business owner? What can they expect after they okay. sell so their company? I, I, I'll, I'll start off with sort of the, the annual planning. Mm -hmm. So we would expect that the team would, uh, would work in, in concert with uh, uh, perhaps it's a private equity partner to develop a annual plan. Uh, think of it as an annual budget. Mm -hmm. uh, and we would uh, want to see monthly reporting against that plan. So uh, at the end of January, for example, for a calendar year company, uh, we would look at January's financial performance and ask, are we ahead or behind you know, the, the forecast for that year that we put in place. And if there's anything uh, material that happened during that month, bad, good, or indifferent, we would like to know that. So clearly there's the numbers, but we're not at the company. Mm -hmm. And so we're reliant on the communication from the team to tell us what's, what's going on so we're informed and, and we can react to any opportunities or circumstances. So uh, annual plan, Monthly financial reporting, generally that monthly uh, reporting will include a, a page and a half discourse on major events for the month. Uh, quarterly, we're gonna have board meetings and uh, it, with the, generally the senior management team participates mm -hmm. in those board meetings. So you have senior sales individuals, senior operating person, et cetera, uh, that participates. And, uh, and then finally, uh, I would say, you know, the obviously an annual audited uh, or reviewed some in some cases financial statement will be part of the part and parcel. Then we have an annual meeting for our limited partners. In fact, it's it's going to be in a couple days, and we bring in executives from all of our portfolio companies and gives them the opportunity to present to our shareholders, and it gives our shareholders the opportunity to have an unfiltered view of the investments that we're making. And I think it's, it's, it's really terrific opportunity for the management teams to really hone their message and really understand sort of the, the things that they do unique and be able to communicate that. Mm -hmm. If you could sit down with a business owner, maybe it's a, a family member, a close friend, 
and they were looking at exiting their business and considering a sale to a private equity firm. What would you tell them are the advantages and disadvantages of partnering with a, mm -hmm. a private equity firm? I think if, well, let, let's first make the assumption that you picked the right private right. equity firm, because uh, clearly there's, there's, there's can be mismatches and, uh, and those tend not to go well. But I would say if you, if you pick the right firm, so you've got cultural <coughs> fit right, you've got uh, a, uh, you've picked a value added firm that understands your business and your markets, the biggest advantage to the, the, the entrepreneur CEO is his, his, his board and resources go beyond looking in the mirror every morning. Mm -hmm. He now has several people that he can rely on to, uh, f as a source of information and advice. And so he's no longer the, you know, shouldering the load individually, which can, mm -hmm. which can be pretty taxing. So that's some of the positives. I know we're in the business of yeah. private equity, but if, again, you're sitting down next to you know, a mm -hmm. brother or a close friend mm -hmm. and say, these are some of the things that you'd have to be cognizant of yeah. when you're selling to a private equity firm. It, it, the biggest thing is you no longer can act in a unilateral manner as it relates to making big bets. So uh, it, it, it reminds me of, uh, we owned a business several years ago called Microgroup and the mm -hmm. owner was a very entrepreneurial guy. We did a recapitalization with him. He stayed in for, I think, 25% of the company or some such thing. And we went into a recession, not unexpectedly, and the company was doing, performing as we expected in a recession. Uh, and we're not out of it yet. Mm -hmm. And at a board meeting, this gentleman was named Bill. Bill said, I want to spend a million dollars and buy several CNC uh, machining centers. And we really didn't have the business to justify it at that point in time. And he said, look, that's what I would do if I owned it individually. Mm -hmm. I'd be, uh, and I was like, well, I said, I'll tell you what, instead of buying 10, how about we start off with four? Mm -hmm. And we'll commit roughly, it was over, it was about a $500,000 uh, investment. So, you know, did he get everything he wanted? Mm. Maybe, maybe not. I mean, he may have played me and said, well, if I ask for 10, <laughs> I'm likely to get four. And, yeah. and knowing Billy probably did that. But, but there's, you, you can't act unilaterally or without board consent on major issues. And that's, that's going to be the biggest change. Can you further explain what we look for, what private equity firms look for in a management team? Yeah, so, I mean, I guess, you know, obviously we're looking for breadth. And, and strength, and, and, then, and the question becomes, what strength? I know what breadth is, right? right. I, how many people, right? <laughs> okay, so what, what, what constitutes strength? And we're really looking for complementary skills. So um, I'll give you an example of a, one of our current portfolio companies. They had uh, extreme depth on the engineering side. So mm -hmm. product development engineering was really good. The, uh, the entrepreneur uh, had a very deep knowledge on the material science. Mm -hmm. So he had material science, product development, process development was also a very strong attribute. And these reside in different individuals, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so when we looked at that, we said, ah, 
this is a business that if we can add some sales and marketing expertise, they've got the skill set to handle a fair amount of growth, and they've got the skill set to handle complicated projects that many of their competitors couldn't. So we're looking for unique skill sets. Mm -hmm. And uh, it could be, I use one of the companies that, that you led is more of a distribution, it's a hybrid model, distribution mm -hmm. and, and uh, uh, manufacturing. They're quite good at on the sales and marketing side and supply chain side. Mm -hmm. That is core to that business's success. So depending upon, there are no perfect companies, right? right. Uh, regardless of size, but in particular for the size companies that we invest in, there is going to be holes in the management team. And what we're really looking for is the core strength of the team. Is it the right skill set to drive future growth? Can we build around it? Mm -hmm. And that, that's, that tends to you know, be where we focus our attention. And I would tell you, you know, more broadly speaking, we, we use tools, right? Uh, other tools. So we, we, we ask the team to uh, submit to a, a test, mm -hmm. if you will, that, that, that measures and, uh, their, their interoperability, mm -hmm. for lack of a better phrase. Behavioral assessment. Beha behavioral assessment. What's the team look like? And I've got this really good guy, and, and in fact, I had this experience at a prior company. We had an extraordinary engineer. Uh, he was also virtually impossible to manage, and people hated dealing with him. He had a very um, unbending personality. Well, that's, I mean, it's great that he was a terrific in, engineer, but it doesn't lend itself to, you know, team and, and the strength of the team. Very helpful, I, I think, to the business owners here. And if, if you could leave them, again, drawing on your experience with one piece of advice as they were going to either get their business ready for exit or the, they believe their business is ready and they're thinking about a number of mm -hmm. different options, what piece of advice would you give that, that business owner? Yeah, so I would, if I was the business owner, I would want either a very honest self-assessment of my business the way a private equity fund is likely to look at it or get a third party mm -hmm. to do that assessment. And then I would wor work to, for, for the flat sides of the organization that have been identified, I would work to mitigate those flat sides. And that's how you really can drive a higher multiple, a better value uh, for your business. Uh, the other thing you know, I would recommend as you got, as an individual was very close to uh, an exit or contemplating an exit, you might think about uh, having a accounting firm come in and effectively do a quality of earnings report, mm -hmm. basically mirroring the accounting due diligence that's likely to take place when you finally meet the right buyer. And, and uh, so there's no surprises. You want to unearth those surprises beforehand and not be surprised in the diligence process. That's great. Thank you. Thank uh, you, Mark. Thanks for, for joining us today. We appreciate it. Yeah. Look forward to next time.